At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. And hit all, all of us up on the network at VSIN Live. Well, it is official. The NFL preseason is underway. We had the Hall of Fame game in Canton after a slight weather delay, which par for the course The Raiders and Jaguars kicked off the 2022 preseason. It was a homecoming for Josh McDaniels, who grew up in the town and also played high school football there and his dad coached. And so it was an emotional time for him back in Canton. And uh, his team responded with a W. The Raiders winning 27-11. And it really wasn't that close as uh, the Jaguars did score a touchdown and a two-point conversion later in the fourth quarter. Uh, A lot of people were probably upset about that if you had the uh, under with an earlier number because the under got pushed down. It was like 33, then it went down. I think I saw 29.5 at kickoff, and the game finishes well over that total. But it was at 30 points for a while there in the... um, Fourth quarter it was actually less than that. I mean, there were there was it was twenty to three going into the fourth quarter. Raiders scored a touchdown, made it twenty seven three, and then with just under four minutes to go, a little over three minutes to go, actually, uh, the uh, Jaguars were able to score and get the two point conversion. Uh, no starters playing really for any for either team. Uh, Josh Jacobs did play, uh, got a couple of carries for the Raiders. Um, Zamir White was really the guy who uh, carried the ball the bulk for the Raiders. 11 carries, 52 yards. Uh, Austin Walter, 8 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Jared Stidham, the former Auburn quarterback who was a backup in New England, who is now competing with Nick Mullins for the backup job here in Las Vegas with his former offensive coordinator, current head coach now, and Josh McDaniels, who's familiar with what he is capable of doing. Uh, Jared Stidham played well. 8 of 15 passing, 96 yards. He also had that scamper rushing for 12 yards and a touchdown. And Nick Mullins, who's got years of NFL experience, 8 of 11 passing for 72 yards for the Raiders. Uh, This is going to be an interesting battle throughout the preseason to decide who is going to be, in fact, 
Derek Carr's backup? Will it be the veteran Nick Mullins or Jared Stidham, who, as I mentioned, has that relationship with Josh McDaniels from his time in New England? Jake Luton uh, got the action here for the Jaguars, 10 of 17 passing for 94 yards. And then Kyle Sloter from the New Orleans Breakers of the USFL uh, showed why he deserves to be back on an NFL roster. 13 of 25 passing, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that was the only touchdown that the Jaguars did score. So 27-11, the Raiders win their first preseason game, and the Jaguars kick off the Doug Peterson era with a loss. I'll be honest, I thought we were going to get a much more inspired effort from the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the talent level is just not there. And in a game that's featuring a bunch of backups, it was just a matter of whose backups were better. And the Raiders clearly better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yes, there were some starters, some guys that played, you know, household names. I mean, uh, Josh Jacobs got a couple of carries. Kenyon Drake got a couple of carries. Even Amir Abdullah got a couple of carries as well. Uh, Receiving-wise, the leading receiver uh, for the Raiders was Tyron Johnson, two catches, 39 yards. Keelan Cole had a nice long 31-yard reception. Luke Farrell led the way for the Jaguars, three catches, 43 yards. Willie Johnson, two catches, 41 yards as he tries to make this roster. It's going to be interesting watching the NFL preseason. It's going to be interesting to try and find beatable betting markets for the NFL preseason. Now, before this game started, everyone was talking about the under, why the under was the way to play this game. You looked at Hall of Fame games in the past, and traditionally they go under. How would these offenses play against each other? You know, the defense is always ahead. And look, for a while, this is it looked like this is what we were going to get. And the under seemed like it was coming in. This was a, an extremely, this was a 6 nothing first quarter. Right, It was two field goals, and that's it. And then in the second quarter, all right, the Raiders open up the game a little bit. A couple of drives resulting in short touchdowns, and it's 20 nothing at the end of the half. And still you think now, at 20 nothing, you have about 10 points to play with in the second half, assuming you got the early under. After the third quarter, I think you felt pretty confident. And then in the fourth quarter, it just went away. So I don't think it was a missed read. I don't think anyone was going out there and playing the over for this game and thinking, wow, you know what? Both uh, Jake Luton and uh, Nick Mullins are, are going to light up the scoreboard for the, these teams. I don't think that's the case. But anyway, this game is now in the books. And we move on to the official start of week one of the preseason, which will be a week from today on Thursday, August 11th, with two games on the schedule, Giants and the Patriots from Foxborough, and Titans and Ravens from Baltimore. The Ravens going on 20 straight preseason wins. So you want to talk about how to play the preseason? Well, over the past several years, if you've just been playing the Ravens on the money line, 20 straight preseason wins. John Harbaugh likes winning in the preseason. That'll be also our first look at Malik Willis, who will likely get some run for the Tennessee Titans. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll talk to Adam Hill 
from the Las Vegas Review-Journal coming up about 10 minutes or so from now. Get his thoughts on how the Raiders looked in their preseason debut. I saw him tweet out something about during the broadcast, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams kind of admitted to tampering. (laughs) And so we'll see if the NFL actually comes down with a fine for that. You know, they like to find people for tampering, uh, as we've seen here with the Dolphins and this whole Tom Brady, Sean Payton thing, and and, and in other examples. So it's certainly fun to uh, keep an eye on that. Um, When you look at uh, what we're seeing here through the rest of the NFL not a lot of news. We're still waiting on the Deshaun Watson uh, here, well, appeal and the NFL and how they're going to handle this and what's going to happen as a result of this Deshaun Watson appeal process. We all know that the league is going to appeal and Goodell is going to appoint someone to hear the appeal. The NFLPA it has until Friday to file a written response to the NFL's appeal. Now, what's going to happen here is, and this is how I feel it's going to happen. The NFL is going to come down and they're going to give him whatever it is, an indefinite suspension. I don't know if it's going to be a full year or if they're going to say it's going to be uh, eight games, 10 games, 12 games, whatever they say. Then you're going to have the NFLPA and... Deshaun Watson's camp file a countersuit. And I don't know how long that's going to hold up this process. And the question that I want answered is while this is being adjudicated, does Deshaun Watson become eligible to play or if or is it a you know uh, uh, on the exempt list now the latest that i saw is that um right now and i'm i'm looking at what mike florio wrote on uh, pro football talk here on thursday the nflpa did not appeal the six game suspension obviously so unless the um watson's going to miss the so watson's going to miss the first six games but the question is, will he come back after the six games? It says He says that if a longer suspension, this is exactly what I was just saying, if a longer suspension is imposed, then uh, a lawsuit challenging the earliest he could return is week seven if the lawsuit produces the desired results. Until week one of the regular season, Deshaun Watson can practice and play. So he can play in the preseason, and the Browns do plan to use Deshaun Watson during the preseason. We just don't know how much he's going to play in the three games of the preseason. Now, the um, if the appeal results in an immediate, indefinite suspension, then... Watson could possibly be banned immediately and not be allowed to play in the preseason. But right now, he is eligible to play in the preseason because, as it stands, he's only suspended for the first six games and can come back in week seven. But again, if the NFL comes back and says he's out for a year and he's out starting right now, he's banned, then he's not going to play. Browns play the Jaguars on Friday, next Friday, and then they'll host the Eagles and Bears in weeks two and three 
of the preseason. By the way, our very own Dave Tooley made the case for the over when he was on with Greg Peterson last week here on the look ahead. So I said not everyone, no one was on the over. Well, Dave Tooley made a case to bet the over. That's why he's always got the view from Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We'll talk more about the NFL preseason and the Las Vegas Raiders with Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal. He'll be joining us next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Still have to get into our baseball plays, which were pretty good today. So look ahead here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the look ahead is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke free and spit free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life where I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network, always on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. To talk more about the Raiders and the preseason, the Hall of Fame game, kicking off the preseason here on Thursday evening, we welcome in Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And Adam, what was your impressions of what we saw here in Ken tonight, kicking off the 2022 preseason? Well, I think it's very clear uh, the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl, obviously. <laughs> and they are so dominant. They're just going out, crushing teams, shutting them out in the first half. Uh, no, I mean, I think, look, I, there's not a whole lot you can take away from it. Um, there's some, you know, some things that I think, you know, were worthwhile to note from the game. But let's just start with, you know, the offensive line in the first half. The starting offensive line played for the most part, except for left tackle Colton Miller, who is the best player on that line. And they did really well in the run game and kind of struggled in the pass protection a little bit. But 
did they do well in run blocking because they were good or because Jacksonville really wasn't playing a whole lot of guys? I mean, um, you know, you saw Walker out there, but it's not even game planned. It's, there's a lot that you can just, you know, kind of throw away from these games. But I think you have to be encouraged uh, for the Raiders by you know, the run blocking, by the performance of the running backs, in particular, uh, Zamir White and Josh Jacobs were great. Uh, they were involved in the passing game, which I think is something that they've been focusing on in, in training camp. And, you know, the defense went out there and ran around and hit people, and they've been tackling it all in training camp. They, they prioritized health over uh, tackling and that sort of thing. So first time we got to see them tackle, and they did it. So, you know, some fundamental things I think you take away and say, hey, great work, uh, but let's not get carried away like some Raiders fans are. And Hey, 20 nothing in the first half. This is a Super Bowl team. Settle down. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you expect over the course of the next couple of preseason games we'll see more of this Josh McDaniels offense unfold? Yeah, I think so. And I think you saw, you know, uh, you saw the, you know, some semblance of it of what we're seeing in training camp and, and what they're going through. Again, not really game plan. They're not really game planning uh, for opponent like they would in the regular season. But um, I think you saw it. I think you saw the mixing of running backs, the uh, getting them involved in multiple ways. Uh, that, that's what you saw from this team today, and I think that's what Josh McDaniels wants to do. It's what Josh McDaniels has always done uh, as an offensive coordinator and his brief time as a head coach before. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're going to start to see more and more of that put in in the preseason and you know, getting ready for what they're going to do in the regular season. Now, obviously, in the regular season, what they'll be doing a lot more is going to Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro, but those guys weren't there. So, um, but I think you saw the, you know, the beginnings of what they want the offense to look like. Is the battle for the backup quarterback position the number one thing that we're going to be focusing on here in preseason if there is a battle for the backup quarterback position? Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. It's not what I'm focusing on. Uh, I don't think there's a battle. I think Jared Stidham is the backup quarterback. Um, you know, do they keep potentially Nick Mullins around? Maybe. I mean, Chase Garbers has really struggled in, in training camp, and you saw you know a couple of nice plays by him today, but a little bit of struggle as well. So uh, that's the big question of, of, you know, who potentially would be the third quarterback, I guess, is, is, the, is the, uh, the quarterback situation. But um, for me, it's, you know, who ends up starting at right tackle. I think right now it would be Brandon Parker. You know, Alex Leatherwood started today uh, at right tackle, but that's because Brandon Parker played left tackle because Colton Miller didn't play. Uh, so I think the right tackle battle, um, which really hasn't been a battle, has been Brandon Parker one and Alex Leatherwood two uh, in training camp. But, that's, that's something to focus on for sure. And then uh, the defensive line interior kind of rotation. They have a ton of bodies, a ton of guys that they like, but nobody's really kind of you know, grabbed hold of that job yet. So um, that's kind of uh, the things that I'm watching. It's not the flashiest things. I know people want to watch quarterbacks and running backs and receivers and that sort of thing, but um, that's really where I've, where I've had my attention focused. How's the health on the defense right now? <laughs> not, not great. I mean, they're they're certainly struggling. You know, they went into training camp believing that the top two defensive tackles were going to be uh, Bilal Nichols and uh, Jonathan Hankins. They're both uh, on pup list right now. They're not playing at all. So uh, that's you know that's a little bit of a concern right there because the depth is uh, you know taking a hit already. Uh, and then you know guys that you thought were going to be depth are now pressed into you know potentially starting roles. Uh, linebackers have been decimated their depth this week uh, with a couple of bad injuries that could be. Uh, that are season-ending. And so not like the star players, not the starters, but the depth has really been impacted there. And then uh, we have not seen Chandler Jones practice in a few days. We've not seen Cleve Furl practice in a few days. And he's a guy that could be p- battling for a roster position after, you know, a couple of years after being a first-round pick. So um, th- they've got some injury concerns right now. I don't think anything, um, you know, too long-term. But, you know, you want, you want those guys out there working. And I think Cleve Furl in particular 
needs to be on the field to show that he deserves a roster spot. He just hasn't been able to lately. You mentioned Chandler Jones. Uh, he's a guy, obviously, he comes in with tremendous pedigree. Is there pressure on him to have an impact on this Raiders defense? Yeah, I think so because you know I, I think they like their corners, and I, I've I've liked the camp that some of the corners have had. Now Trayvon Mullen is not uh, practicing yet, uh, potential starter uh, at one cornerback, but I, I think they've got good corners, but not great. And, and coverage is going to be a concern, and so you have to generate a pass rush. And Max Crosby does a very good job of that, and Unique Ngakwe did at times last year. But Chandler Jones has to come in, and you know for this defense to work, he's going to have to. You know, generate a lot of pressure uh, from that other side and, and take some of the heat off Max Crosby. And if he doesn't, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the foundation of the defense, kind of uh, you know that, that they're building upon. And if, if the foundation breaks, then that's uh, never a good thing. So they're going to have to do that, and he's going to have to be able to generate a pass rush. And I don't think he's going to play, you know, a ton of snaps. He's not going to be out there all the time, but situationally, when he's out there, he's really going to have to do that. And, and I think he's, he's more than capable of doing that. We've seen it time and time again with him. Although, you know, it wasn't consistent enough last year uh, in Arizona, but when he did get there, he got there pretty often. He had big games. How important is it for them to make a statement in week one against the Chargers? I mean, it's a, it's always important you want to make a statement. We- <clears throat> Adam, there? Did we lose Adam? All right, well, we'll get him. We'll- we lost Adam. We'll get him back. The schedule for the Raiders, it just it opens up with one of the toughest games they're going to have all season. They're playing in L.A. against the Chargers. And, yes, like, like Adam was saying, like you always want to make an impression in week one, but the fact that you're going up against a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, as, as do the Raiders. Like Don't sleep on the Raiders. But the, the Chargers are among the Super Bowl favorites. Excuse me. And so when you're looking at week one, it's I think if the schedule was – a little bit different, and they were opening up against Arizona instead of opening up against Los Angeles, it would be, um, you know, you'd feel a little differently. But right now, the Chargers are the sixth favorite to win the Super Bowl. Bills, Bucks, Chiefs, Rams, Packers, Chargers. And you open up week one of the Josh McDaniels era is at SoFi against L.A. Adam, you were saying you always want to make an impression week one, but here you're going up against one of the Super Bowl favorites here as the first regular season game of the Josh McDaniels era. Yeah, sorry about that. And, and yeah, it's, it's week one's important. The Chargers are an important rivalry. All those things are so important. But this year in this division, all six of those games are just massive. I mean, you know, whoever, whoever survives, uh, you know, those three and three, four and two, in those divisional games is going to have such a leg up on everybody else in this division. And I think all four teams think they're going to win it. They all think they're capable of winning it. So, um, yes, all those things about setting a tone and setting a message and everything against your rival. But, man, it's, it's going to be so massively important in these divisional games this year. When you look at this team and you look at this schedule, can they win double-digit games? Oof, man, I don't know. It is a brutal schedule. Uh, they were able to make the playoffs last year, overcome all that craziness that happened to them yep. uh, off the field, somehow make it in. Uh, but I didn't think they were that good of a team. I think they are a better team this year. You know, a lot of the you know a lot of the numbers. If you take a closer look, they just weren't that good. They just somehow found a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is a better team, and I think they are going to be a better team. And I think their numbers will look better, their analytics will look better. But I don't know that their record will look better because it is a brutal stretch of games that they have all throughout the season. And, of course, those divisional games are so tough. So I'm going to say they are a, a much-improved team, but they may, may take a step back in the standing. 
Adam, appreciate the time and the insight. Look forward to chatting with you throughout the season. Of course. Sounds good. Have a good night. There he is, Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Does a tremendous job over there covering the Raiders. Lots of MMA stuff there. Uh, catch him on Twitter at Adam Hill L-V-R-J. And, yeah, you look at this schedule. Uh, Raiders, then you got Arizona, Tennessee, Denver, and KC before the bye. You come out of the bye with Houston, New Orleans, Jacksonville, then you got Indy, Denver, Seattle. You have a little bit of a, a respite before you take on both L.A. teams back-to-back. And then New England, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and KC to end the year. It is a tough schedule, but that, that division is a gauntlet. Uh, we'll continue the NFL conversation coming up next. Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sports will join me. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v Today. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. And some weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Back here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Joining me now from the Yahoo Sportsbook is Pamela Maldonado. You follow her on Twitter at PamelaM35. And Pam, we kicked off the 2022 preseason with the Hall of Fame game, the Raiders uh, handling the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you uh, play any preseason games? Are you betting any of these games, looking for edges when it comes to the preseason market? So I'm going to give you a little tidbit when it comes to my process for the NFL and for college, anything that's related. I do not pay attention to the NFL preseason at all. Zero zip zilch. I don't know who's playing who. I don't know on what days. I don't know what times. I, I don't know, and I don't care. There's the thing as analysis paralysis, and to me, the more information that I'm trying to add to my brain, it really just confuses the situation, and preseason is just like a key example of that because you have coaches who are trying new things, you have players who are trying new things, they're testing a player to go here, to go there, this new scheme, this new defense, whatever it is that they're testing out, it's all a test. This isn't what we're going to see on week one. So my process for me is week one, week two, week three. That's where I'm really trying to focus in on the information that's provided to me. And then from which there, I start firing away. So does that mean you don't play a lot of games in the first couple of weeks of the NFL season? I I try to limit it. I know because um, probably like you, I enter some of the NFL contests out in Vegas. So you have to, by default, Mm -hmm. um, play some of those. But definitely I'm wagering less and paying more attention so that way I can fire heavy on later as the season progresses. Yeah, we see like Bill Belichick treats the first couple of weeks of the regular season like the preseason, right? Uh, And then the team Mm -hmm. starts to roll from there on. So that's that's a good practice to have. I know a lot of people um, try and take some information from the preseason, but you're you're right. Sometimes it is analysis, uh, paralysis by analysis when you get too much information clouding everything else that you've been plugging away to get ready for the season. So Mm -hmm. in your evaluation for the season, um, 
Are there teams that right now are on the top of your radar as ones that you're going to be looking to back in the regular season? As we are just on August 5th, I mean, that's still pretty early for me. We still have an entire month. So my process for the NFL has just barely started. I barely cracked open my book open this week, starting to take down my notes. And the way that I think about it as I'm doing my study process is I'm not just thinking of season win totals. I'm thinking of scenarios mid-season that could happen. Well, in October, November, December, you know the weather's going to start playing a factor. You know that some teams have better home splits than away splits. You know that some teams just like have another team's number. So I'm looking at situations that I can use that I'm going to learn now, jot down as a note taker, put it in my binder, and then that I can reference later on in the season that could be relevant to me then. So I'm thinking beyond just season win totals and thinking week by week. Mm-hmm. where I could potentially find value as the season progresses. You know, I love that because one of the things that I love betting on is uh, I love betting the Dolphins late in the season, where, especially when cold weather teams go down to Miami. And I always, right. you know, it's the Patriots. Patriots have always struggled going down to Miami late in the year. Why? Mm-hmm. It's because when you get out of the, the frigid temperatures of the Northeast and you go down to South Beach for a couple of days, your brain just goes into vacation mode. It's it, there's something that happens to you that you you know you're at the hotel. You might be by the pool after after your walkthrough, and it's just I don't know. The Dolphins have a way of just covering late in the game, and there's a game that I'm looking at yeah. on Christmas of all dates. The Green Bay Packers are gonna be in Miami. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins pull out a victory there. No, I love that. I like. That's just like a perfect example of how you use the information that you have now. Here we are, August 5th, and you're already thinking of December. (laughs) I mean, but that is just like a perfect example because one, they actually do put out early lines. Some books, they put out early lines for games that are that far advanced. Mm -hmm. Or right now, you can jot down what the line is. If they do have it, you can jot it down. Maybe they're an underdog or whatever it is, and then see how it changes from now until then. And then, like, three, come December, you already have an idea, an inkling in your mind of how you want to handle a situation that most people right now, I guarantee you, are not thinking of. So I believe that that's an edge in it. I think I'm going to double-check right now, but I know that DraftKings had that game out, and I want to say, Pam, that it is the line is not what you would think. Like, the line is what I, like, based it would be for them to have an advantage like the line like they wouldn't be they're not a three-point home dog to the Packers right now Mm. that's what I see Uh, all right not out just it was out I gotta find it I'll find that line but I did see earlier (laughs) that it wasn't that crazy uh speaking of the AFC East uh are the Bills clearly the class of this division um, I'm going to go with no on this one. Absolutely. Ooh. Everybody is all over Josh Allen. I want to use him in my fantasy. I'm drafting him QB one bills that bills. Okay. I get it. <laughs> but my question, I'm, let me think on the other side of the table here. Are we sure that Josh Allen, a stud of much of as much of a stud as he is, are we sure that he is as good without offensive coordinator and Brian devil? I mean, you have Allen with him all four years of his NFL career, and we've absolutely seen him progress, yes, from one year to win one, two, and then from three to four, he just made significant strides in his in the way that he plays, and rightfully so. You could say that it is um, Allen, that it is him as a quarterback progressing, but 
largely you have to give credit where it is due, and that is to Brian Dable himself. And because of those jumps, I mean, you have Allen who jumped, had made the highest jump in completion percentage, he had the second highest jump in passing yards per game, the third highest jump in touchdown percentage, and the fourth highest jump in yards per pass attempt. Now, the person who is calling the plays absolutely matters, especially in the NFL. Just ask the Chicago Bears. And you have head coach in Sean McDermott, who's already calling for less run plays for Allen. Tell me how that's going to go over well. You have somebody who is as mobile, as much of a threat, and it's largely because of what he can do with his legs. And now you want to like pull down the reins and say, no, you, we don't want you to run as much after all. Run the ball more, but run Allen less is his kind of motto. So I'm a little bit worried about that aspect. And if you look at the 2022 season, 17 games, 11 of them are against passing defenses or top half of passing defenses. In the first five games, you played the Rams, the Titans, and at the Dolphins, and then the Steelers two weeks later. So that's going to be a question mark for me right there is you're having a pass-heavy team who has been a pass-heavy team without its offensive coordinator now playing some really good passing defenses. And you're talking about how weather is playing a situation. Well, I mean, if you look at how the Bills have done in weather game situations, they do well when there's no weather, mm. and then they don't do well when there is wind. So um, they have eight home games, and a lot of, some of them are in the second half of the season. Well, how is Allen going to be doing in some of those wind game situations with winds of 15 plus? 25 points per game compared to 33 points when there is no wind. So I'm, for me, I was mentioning, I'm not looking at just season win totals. I'm also thinking of like player props and week week by week uh, plays. And one thing that I do like is Allen under 550 and a half rushing yards, simply because you have a head coach who is a defensive minded coach. And we know how that works in the NFL, hmm. who is saying that he wants to run his quarterback less. When he says that, I believe him and you're playing against some of the best, stronger defenses in the first half of the season, I definitely like the under on that mark, for one. Would you take a flyer on somebody else to win this division? I am looking, I wouldn't say to win the division. Okay. Ha, it's how you ask questions. It's how you uh, look ahead to the season. But the Miami Dolphins has my interest. Um, not just for the season win total. I'm not interested in that. It's eight and a half games and it's heavily juiced to the over. Yeah. But I'm looking to the Dolphins. I'm looking for them to cover spreads, especially at home. 12 and seven against the spread as an underdog in the last two years. 13 and four against the spread at home in the last two seasons as well. And this is a team that is has a lot of positivity to that's looking towards them. They have an easy schedule weeks one through five. Um, they look great. We play Baltimore, Cincinnati, New York Jets. Those are teams that are ranked bottom 10 in passing defenses. It's tougher there in the middle, week six through 10. Um, you're playing four teams inside the top half for passing defenses. But then week 12 through 18, it eases up again. And you're, this is the team, a Miami Dolphins team, that has added wide receivers to its regiment. You have a Tua Tungvaloa, who is a quarterback that has definitely has a potential under pressure, 74% completion. Not under pressure, 83% completion. That matters because the Dolphins have revamped their offensive line. So now you've added wide receivers. You have a better offensive line. You have a new head coach in Mike McDaniel, who is a product of Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot to really like about this team. So I'm going to be definitely looking for them to, not only because they built their offensive line, have added weapons as a head coach, but now, I mean, and a great against the spread record as a dog. I'm definitely can't wait to be back in them in nice. underdog opportunities throughout the season. Great. Pam, uh, love that. Uh, do me a favor. Hang with us. Let's get into some college football on the other side, all right? 
All right, sounds good. There she is, Pamela Maldonado from the Yahoo Sportsbook. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The College Football Guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here. It's the look ahead on vcin, the sports betting network, rejoined by Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sportsbook. And uh, Pam, let's talk some college football. As we are preparing, we're only, believe it or not, three weeks away from the season, right? It's like the 26th is going to be the first game of the year. So we're 22 Mm. days away, 21 days away. That is three weeks, right? The countdown but. is on. <laughs> um, I think it's the usual suspects, obviously. It, 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 in college football, we do this a lot, but we assume things, right? Alabama, Ohio State, let's put them to the side. We got to find two more teams to make the college football playoff. And there are some candidates out there. Sure, Georgia, you know, maybe there's a second team from the SEC. But when you're doing your evaluations, do you think that there are teams beyond the usual suspects that could surprise and become maybe the fourth team to make the college football playoff this year? You know, I'm not a big Pac-12 fan, but what if, just in, let's just envision this. We've seen Oregon it's my do favorite well thing before. To do. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> let's Keep just going. think about the Pac-12 for a second. What about the UCLA Bruins? I mean, their seasonal win total is set at eight and a half. Um, I was myself two seasons ago. I was thinking that Chip Kelly was on the chopping block. All of a sudden he hasn't pulls out an eight and four season. He has a new contract extension. Mm -hmm. They could have had a nine win season last year, but their quarterback, who was a fantastic quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, he missed the Utah game because of injury and their top 70 in passing yards. But he's one of the top threat quarterbacks because of the rushing ability that he has 600 yards on the ground. Top 10 in quarterback rushing scores um, with nine. And then they have themselves a fantastic Heisman contender running back in Zach Charbonnet. He's back 
in the lineup and you want to, you love to see that um, top 30 rushing top 25 in scoring had 25 or four receptions. So that's definitely a part of the game that they need to utilize a little bit more. But the problem for the 2021 for last year's Bruins was that they had a couple of late losses. They were up 37 to 33 to Fresno. They lost the 40 seconds left in the game. They were down just three to Oregon. And then DTR was injured in the fourth and the backup quarterback in Garbers. He threw an interception. So last year's win total, they could have, they had an eight and four season. It easily could have been 10 plus, um, 11 plus. And this is a contending team that they're returning a lot of key parts. While most of the college football slate is uh, losing head coaches, losing players to the transfer portal, UCLA is uh, has a really good dose of players making it to turn. And that's what you want to see. A team that is has that is retaining its head coach, has the same quarterback, has a good defense, has the ability to both run and pass. I mean, they have a lot of good, solid parts. So I'm interested to see how UCLA, maybe they could be the surprise team. You know what? It's UCLA right now. They're the fourth favorite to win the Pac-12. And look, the Pac-12 is doing away with the whole North-South this year. So it's just the top two teams are going to play in the championship game. And so all it takes is for them to finish second, and then they'll be in the championship game. And then you got a one-game chance to to win that conference. Um, Everyone's talking about USC, obviously Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and the Trojans. But Utah, to me, is the class of this conference. When you evaluate Utah, what's your thoughts on them? First of all, I'm going to say thank you for not saying let's talk about USC. (laughs) I am not interested. But then when you pivoted to Utah, I was like, yes, Yes. because I myself, I'm super high on the for good reason. I mean, their season win total right now is nine and a half. But if I'm talking about key parts of an offense that are making it to turn, Quarterback Cameron Rising, he's back, and he is good. Um, 2,500 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, just five interceptions, 64% completion. Top 25 returning, it's top 25 defense that was returning in starters, held teams to an average of 25 points per game. They're, they should have as good of a defense as last year, if not better. Now, they were 7-7 seven and seven against the spread last year, but they were 6-0 in win losses at home. They're eight and one in the last two seasons, 15 and one in the last three. This is a team 20 and two since 2018. This is a team that does not lose at home. And they are 13 and nine against the spread during that same mark. So they're winning, but they're not covering spreads. So that's something that I'm going to be looking forward to in the upcoming season. But they were so close to knocking off Ohio State. They lost 48 to 45, but they were up 35, 21 at the half. So you tell me a deep a team that has a one of the top ten offenses in the FBS, especially for the upcoming season, retaining its quarterback, really good home record. I mean, yeah, what's not to love about the Utah? They could absolutely contend here in the Pac-12 once again. I think if they can get by Florida in Week One, and that's a tough look. You start the season off a true road game in the swamp, like that's a difficult game for anybody to play. If they pulling upset in that game, I think they're an 11-win team, Pam. Like, I think that that game kind of dictates. They can still lose that game and have a tremendous season and win 10 games. They finish 10-2. and two. I think they can win 11 games if they get that Florida game. I definitely don't think that winning Florida is out of the question here because they have, well, we're talking about UCLA retaining parts. We're talking about Utah retaining mm-hmm. parts. Well, Florida has a new head coach in Bill Napier of Louisiana. Fantastic coach. Absolutely. 
that is still just like a brand new scheme of things. The way they are handling things in Florida is not how they're they've handled it before. They have a new quarterback. Um, Emory Jones is out, and now you have Anthony Richardson, who I'm going to admit he was one of the players that I was taking as a long shot to win the Heisman last season, mm. but he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and I don't know if he's going to pop off again. We don't know what to expect of this offense is what I'm saying. So because of that, absolutely Utah is on the table to pull out an upset. Um, they're, they are underdogs in week one to Florida. That's probably already off the bat, something that I'm considering going to be taking for week one. All right, I want to shift gears. I want to get into the Big 12, and I want you to tell me about your horns, Pam. Tell me about the horns. What can we expect from them this season, and will they win the Big 12? We are going to the national championship. Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, Quinn I'm Ewers for Heisman, right? Like Quinn <laughs> yeah, Ewers for Heisman, Heisman, and that's it. Going to Natty. I mean, that's it. It's over. Let's just not even have the season because none of y'all have a chance. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I mean, let us just not forget that this is the Longhorn team that lost to Kansas in overtime. <laughs> and they had the longest losing streak of six games since 1956. That was just one season ago. That was not even 12 months ago. And here we are talking about them. And he's going to be the next big, big, big thing to happen to our team. Look, I've seen the story before. We get hyped up over a quarterback and it just doesn't work out. We have seen coaching rotation just like, oh, my gosh, like just settle on coaches already. And so for like we had three losses, OU, Oklahoma State and Baylor, the three quarter, they were up three quarters. Uh, in the third quarter, double-digit leads in all three of those games, and my Longhorns lost. And last year, because of it, they went five and seven, starting in four and one. That's something that absolutely cannot happen again. But I'm just not forgetting that we're one season removed from losing to Kansas in overtime, and I would like to see consistency. That's something that we have lacked for so long, mm -hmm. and so. Losing the same, great. If we're winning the same, great. But stop giving me the back and forth of we're good this week, we lose this week, and we're terrible at this, and we're good at that, and every week it's something else. So if I can just see consistency from the horns, um, we have, yeah, Quinn Ewers. He could, he could be great, but then he could also just be the highest recruit since Vince Young since 2002, and that's it. He hasn't thrown a pass since 2020. He was a red, and then what else do we have besides him? A redshirt sophomore in Hudson Card. He could be great. We're not sure. Mm. But he started the first two games before he was replaced by Casey Thompson. So we don't really have like much room. I think right now it's all just smoke and mirrors. Uh, it's all talk until we see it happen in week one. Will you take the 14 and a half in week two against Alabama? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm already somebody who doesn't touch. I don't bet on or against my own team. Longhorns are my team. I have beer goggles when it comes to them. I think every season we're going to the national title game, but I'm absolutely not ever immune to saying that they have a chance in contending to an Alabama, especially when we have a new quarterback, especially when we have Gary Patterson. He was hired as a special assistant. What is special about what's he going to do? <laughs> that is TCU's former head coach, and he is just a dinosaur of a type way of thinking when it comes to playing football. So I'm not excited about that hire. And our defense, we still stink. We gave up 31 points and 206 rushing yards per game. And we have no pass rush. So I'm not 
looking forward to the upcoming season, but I'm sure as hell looking to the tailgates. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be fun, Pam, especially if when they start the season with the win over UL Monroe, and then everyone can really oh. start to hang the national championship banners. <laughs> She's Pamela Maldonado. Check her out the Yahoo Sportsbook. Always appreciate the time, Pam. We'll talk soon. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.